Welcome back. Part two, Camp Cool Ship. Let's not get into it just right away. Got a couple things to tell you guys about the Arizona Beer Book. The ArizonaBeerBook.com is the website. It's a book that uh, my business partner, Luke Irvin, and I did, and we're very proud of it. So go to your favorite Arizona brewery or tap room, see if they have it, buy it there. If you can't find it there, we're, we're doing all we can to get this thing across the state as much as we can. So if you can't find it, if they're out, they're sold out, go to the ArizonaBeerBook.com and you can buy it there. So this is a coffee table style, uh, hardcover, photo-centric, 200-page book about highlighting 37 breweries and drink makers because uh, we included Cidercore and Superstition Meadery in it as well. Just really cool people that are making making some stuff happen. So go check it out, the Arizona Beer Book. Dot com. Also find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Arizona Beer Book. So this is part two. Interesting thing with this first guest on this, this is Jennings. So, so many people, um, I can't recall if it's in the actual interviews on the episode or for just side conversations. Everyone's like, dude, you've got to get Jennings on the mic. Like this dude is just a different level, just a different, uh, different, unique perspective. Really cool dude that, um, that really gets the, you know, is respected and well-liked by his peers. But he was elusive uh, the night of the camping trip. Uh, so I couldn't find him, had short conversations here and there, but just just didn't work out. So the next morning I got him on. So it was kind of cool though to kind of do a reflection uh, type of thing for this. So first uh, guest is is Jennings from Penn Druid. And then we follow up a few weeks later with John and Pat from Wilderness just to kind of get their take on this particular Camp Cool Ship, what's going on with Camp Cool Ship and all that kind of stuff. So let's tap into part two of Camp Cool Ship at Stoneman Lake. This is the morning after sessions of uh, yes. <laughs> Camp Cool Show. Yes, yes, so indeed. Who, who are you? Uh, my name is Jennings Carney, and um, uh, I come from Virginia, and I have a brewery called Pendruid okay. Brewing. Um, it's at the edge of the Shenandoah National Park. Um, we focus on uh, spontaneous, uh, like traditional method, um, goods and Lambic-inspired beers. Nice. Um, and <clears throat> for our clean beer... Um, we have a native um, yeast culture that we cultivated from outside the brewery. Um, it tends to kind of fall in between um, uh, a Belgian and a very estuary, like Franconian lager. It, it's, Interesting. It's, it's very clean, but it's very estuary, uh, very fruity, very expressive. Yeah. Um, and it seems to be even more so when we add um, hops. So we don't, we don't really make like IPAs, but okay. when, we, when we make a hoppy version of any of our beers, yeah. uh, it tends to get very expressive. Lots of pineapple and coconut and wow. tro- tro- tropical flavors. Just from the combination of the yeast that's native to where you're at with the, the ingredients that just go in beer anyways. Yes. Hops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we all do, we do, um, do uh, natural carbonation, so we don't force carbonate any of our beer. Okay. Um, so that secondary fermentation, especially um, not with a larger format, so I'd say with um, you know twenty liter and, and and half barrel kegs, not so much, but in bottles it, it comes even more expressive. Yeah. Uh, my thinking is just because of surface area, but um, you then tend to get after you know we take like a hoppy beer and we let it sit for maybe six months. Yeah. When you open it, you tend to get more of. I really, I, I hasten not to say that like it's a Brett quality, okay. uh, but you do get some of more of those kind of really nice, uh, deeper Brett-like uh, expressive notes. Oh, nice. Um, when we look at it under the microscope, it tends to look like a homogenous culture of wild Saccharomyces. Okay. I'm not saying there isn't any Brett in there. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Dude, that that's really cool that you got like. So, what made you? <clears throat> first of all, when did you open Pendruid? Four, four years ago. Four years for, ago. For uh, well, so it's uh, late July of, of 2015. Okay. Yeah. And what made you want to do the spot? What made you want to capture like the local region and in, in the beers? Um, so we wanted to. Well, I should back up and say my brothers and I, because I, I own the brewery with my brothers. Okay. And the three of us also have been touring. Um, we're, we're touring musicians, and so we've... Oh, no shit. Um, we've been playing for about 15 years together. And what's, playing, the, what's the name of the band? We're called Pontiac. Pontiac, okay. Um, 
It's spelled with a K in th- at the end. Nice. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone was well, yesterday when uh, when you guys. I think you guys were jumping into the van or something, and uh, John yelled out, "New Pontiac cover album or album cover." Oh right, right. I yeah. was like, "What do you like Pontiac like the the car like what?" Oh, right. Now yeah. it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so you guys have been touring for fifteen years. Yeah. So we've yeah. been touring fifteen years. Uh, we decided to open the brewery uh, back in. Uh, like maybe l- late 2013 or early 2014. Okay. Uh, so anyway, kind of fast forward, <clears throat> and we were on tour. We were in Belgium, and we'd been homebrewing, and we had gone to Ghent to see the the triptych of the the Von Eich brothers triptych, which is like the adoration of the Mystic Lamb. Okay. Um, you ever seen that? Really, what's saying that movie? Is that really shitty movie? Uh, is it Monuments Men? You know where they like they save the artwork. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. That, the artwork that they save in the movie is the Mystic Lamb. Oh no, right? okay, yeah. So it's 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 a cathedral in Ghent. So anyway, we go and see this this really it's fucking amazing. It's, yeah. it's, it's mind blowing artwork. And afterwards, we go into the to the square, sit down for a beer, and Van orders me a beer as I hit the restroom. I come back out, and there's just a an unidentified glass bottle there and the waiter pours it for me and I take a sip and all the hair on my arms goes up and I was like, what is this? And he says, this is called Frank Bones Marriage Parfait. And I was like, okay, what is that? And he was like, <laughs> sweet name, but like what? Yeah. And yeah. I was like, it's, it's goods. Yeah. And you know, so goods is a blend of one, two and three years spontaneously fermented Lambic yeah. and <clears throat> that right there. And then I, I, you know, my brothers and I, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, this is what we want to make. Yeah. And so, uh, because I'd, I'd been drinking Lambics, but I had, you know, it's kind of hard to, exp- I say, oh, you know, six years ago, it was, yeah. it was hard, you know, like goods in terms of the, like just beer drinkers in America. It, it, it took a while to kind of get into the mindset. It was, sure. It's kind still of, still is in some markets, right? Like yeah. Arizona, it's still like, kind of like people are, what the fuck is that? Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, we decided that that's what we wanted to make, but we realized that was a, that was a really long endeavor. And so what was the, the closest thing, not the closest thing, but kind of what kind of fit like artistically and spiritually and aesthetically was to have the native, it's like the, the terroir. I mean, I, sure. I, I yeah. don't really want to use that term, but the, the terroir. I don't think there's another term for it, right? I mean, because it's wine, but it captures that, 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 what exactly what you're trying to say. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And as a funny aside, you know, so like terroir used to be uh, a derogatory term. So oh, really? If, yeah. So if you, uh. so it was back in the, the mid 19th century, there's a lot of, a lot of, you look at these wine texts, they'd say like, this has a good de terroir, which means like flavor of the earth. Yeah. So it was like, you get this wine that was probably like, conta- not contaminated. But, I mean, there was Britannomyces and all these wines anyway, but you yeah. get these wines that were like, especially like Chateauneuf de Pop and like these kind of Southern uh, red varietals that were like, not varietals, but traditionals, uh, traditions in France okay. that would like smell and taste like forest floor and like, you know, sweaty, you know, horse and yeah. you know, that kind of <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, and so people would say, Oh, this, this has good de terroir in it. Yeah. This is, but then the French capitalized on it. So like, no, no, this is what, this is the flavor of, or this is the essence of where this is from. Of the region of where it yeah, came exactly. from. Yeah. And so, um, and if you look at kind of style, and, and I, again, I don't really want to use that term style because, you know, styles were, styles were invented by Americans looking at traditions that had, had evolved in Europe over the course of hundreds of years. Okay. Okay. But, you know, 300 years ago, if you and I were brewers, we were just using the malt, the water, the hops, the yeast yeah. that we had there. Yeah. And so obviously those traditions would evolve into something very specific. Sure. You know, even to us, the Americans to got to put a label on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know, I mean, you know, if you look at like, for instance, the water in Leipzig, it tends to have like a lot of minerality in it. So then you have uh, like a beer like Goza, you know? And so like it, in Arizona, there isn't going to be those, there aren't going to be those salts in that water. Sure. Yeah. So you need to add the salt. Yeah. But in Leipzig, you don't necessarily have to because it's just that water, the way it was made. Really. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So anyway, so um, so we said, well, how do we come up with something that captures kind of the essence of like, of, of where we are? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, when you're brewing, uh, you know, you can take a grain bill and then you can make it wildly different just depending on what the yeast tastes like. Yeah. And so for us, like, it was very important for us to have a yeast that was expressive of where we were from. Okay. And yeah. so we knew that if we could do that and we could tie that in. Um, and make really delicious beer um, that once we had our goods and our lambic ready to go, 
um, you know, are spontaneous, then we would be able to kind of, kind of keep things floating. Okay. Yeah. So we packaged our first goods, uh, last year, um, goods inspired after and three years, right? Like, so yeah, after yeah. three years, Dude, that's a long game, man. That gets, mm-hmm. you gotta be patient. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we packaged it in November of, uh, this is 2019, right? So 2018 yep. we packaged it. Okay. Um, and, uh, we're about to package our second vintage, um, okay. when I get back this week. Nice. Um, and it's been great to see the evolution. And I really think that, you know, looking back in 10 years, you know, I, I would like to think that, you know, it'll be a continued evolution. You know, I think that the, I'm really proud of the beer that we're releasing right now. Yeah. I'm also really excited to see where it's going to be in 10 years. Sure. That's a good sign though, man. Like that's like, it's not a, ah, oh, this is great. No, we, we did it. We made it. Now let's just repeat that and repeat that. Right. It's that, it's that creativity that it, I don't know, man. I don't think it ever goes away when you hit this checkpoint that's like, all right, cool. Now what? You know, like, yeah. that's cool though. That's, that creates that, that innovation and, and you know, yeah, that's what it's about, dude. So totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finding, finding the expressiveness of, of, of each vintage, but also finding the expressiveness of each season. Sure. Um, yeah. And so, um, even with our clean beer and even with the, the native yeast that we use for our blondes and our hoppy and our, our dark beers, um, it has become, uh, very, a very stable culture and okay. it tends to behave very, very, uh, very similar batch to batch. I mean, we don't get wild off flavors. It's not okay. like it doesn't attenuate in weird ways. So you got pretty, pretty, uh, I don't say controlled, but pretty stabilized at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd say that like yeast is like all living things. It's, okay. you know, it like it wants to operate within parameters. Okay. And if you give it the same parameters, it will, it will, it will operate in in that way. Uh, interesting. You know, it's kind of like there's no such thing as like computer error. You yeah. know, there's there's it's user error. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Sure. And it's kind yeah. of the same thing with the yeast. It's like if the, all of a sudden we have a batch that gets weird or funky. Yeah. Which is very very rare. Yeah. It's usually because one of us fucked it up. Yeah. It's like oh we didn't do this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Or oh shit like this we didn't do something else. Now that said. um, and also like very specifically, like there was, um, uh, last year we had double the amount of rain in one year that we usually get. Okay. So crazy. Yeah. So it messed up the, the chemical composition of our water. Oh, really? So it threw off our match mash pHs. Okay. And so we would, uh, brew and all of a sudden we'd get, and this doesn't really have anything to do with yeast necessarily, but it's about the user error. We'd brew something and then we taste it and it was like, wow, this is really astringent. Yeah. Like what? Why, why is this so husky? Yeah. Oh, shit. Maybe we need to check the pH because, you know, like yeah. last year, pHs were consistent the entire time. Yeah. And we'd start checking the pH and it's like, oh, we actually have to start adding like lactic acid additions yeah. to our water because all of a sudden now the pH has changed. Interesting. So it's not like it's user error, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. But also, does that create a, um, like the different, the way the seasons are, like wine, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. dude, the 20. 20- 15 of this was great because of these conditions of the grapes that year. You know what I totally. mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it, it creates those nuances in it that, uh, that even though it might be the same brand or the same line that you normally do, those things change it. Totally. Yeah. And that's what yeah. makes it a beautiful process. Yeah. Because then you can delight in those, like the differences, even if it is like slightly astringent or sure. maybe, uh, you know, this batch is, you know, slightly hoppier or this one has a little more, like banana or clove or spiciness, or yeah. this one is cleaner, or for whatever reason, like this one seems to exhibit, like I don't know, like whatever. Sure, yeah. Um, and we still talk about those batches, like, hey, yeah. you remember that batch of yeah. this, you know, the Golden Swan, which is our blonde, you yeah. know, and, and it's just like, you know, seventy percent two row, thirty um, percent raw organic wheat from like five miles from the brewery. Yeah, hops in the boil. And our yeast. Yeah. And that's it. Right. Yeah. But you know, we still talk about like some batches were like, fuck dude, that was, yeah, <laughs> that was awesome. You remember that, you know? And, yeah. it's, and it's, it's, it's really wonderful. And the same yeah. thing goes with spontaneous. Yeah. Um, and we have some, we have some barrels that now, now that we've been doing this for, uh, four years, uh, f- I guess this would be our fifth, it's the fifth season that we've been doing it. Um, we have barrels that are just pumping out just like really great beer yeah. that we just get really excited about. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. 
Um, but we just, but so in that, in that light, actually now we, we actually, um, got our wine and cider license. Oh, nice. And, um, we are now making, um, well, <laughs> I don't like to deal in absolutes, Okay. <laughs> but, um, but we, we always said we wanted to make wine, um, rustic, delicious wine. Okay. But we'll never make, you know, fine red wine. And yeah. then this is the first year that we got, uh, fruit and it came from, I think one of the best sites in Virginia. Uh, it's all limestone and, um, it's over the mountain from us and it was Cabernet Franc. So it's just like all red grapes, yeah. you know, and it's just like, all right, fuck, all right, we're going to, we're going to make red wine. Um, but what's cool is that, um, <clears throat> it's tasting great, but we also started blending it in with some of our spontaneous and okay. it was really, really wonderful. Yeah. And so that's the other thing, which is really cool. And we also started pressing cider this, this season. Nice, man. So we have, um, uh, 28 BBLs. So for about 14 barriques worth, um, of apple juice that we, nice. that we press ourselves and it's all spontaneous. Yeah, dude, that's crazy. Cause I asked John and Pat about, I said, have you guys ever done any, anything with cider spontaneous? And they're like, mm-hmm. no, it sounded like it'd be really cool. There's a cider place and I don't know when you're leaving, but, um, have you heard of cider core? No cider core, dude. These guys are long story short, uh, military dude, um, got like real bad PTSD, uh, hit like two, um, IEDs. While he was over there, oh wow! Tearing down compounds on a bulldozer, hit it once. He was out of commission for like five days. They sent him back out. Boom! Hit another one. Came back really bad shape. So, Jesus. his older brother, <clears throat> the doctor, told him like, "Dude, you need to start to uh, you need to focus on something. You need a mm-hmm. hobby." So him and his brother started making cider. They've always been big fans of the of the craft beer in Arizona, <clears throat> but they're like, "Let's do cider." So Jason, the military dude. Went from not being able to read, sleep, like having all these problems to just into the science of cider. That's awesome. So these dudes make stuff that like, you know, they have a cider festival and there's like 12 of them there. Mm-hmm. There's is head and tails above everybody else's because he understands that, that whole thing. That's great. Great, great dudes too. But I told John, I'm like, dude, you got to get them involved in, in a cool ship. So I think they might join us. And so I think it's cool. I, that's the first I've ever heard of anybody doing spontaneous cider like you guys are doing. It's, it's a really traditional, um, uh, especially <laughs> you look at uh, a lot of the old uh, traditions in France and in, and in England and pretty much, I mean, there's so much yeast that lives on the, on and inside the apple itself. Yeah. Um, it's, there's no reason to, you know, not do it. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's no reason to, you know, there's no reason to, you know, sulfur your juice and then add some other yeast, to, ah, you know, sure. Yeah. I mean, yes, you are going to get variation, but that's, again, that comes, that, that's blending and that's, yeah. you know, that's, that's, that's the whole, that's what I think is like spiritually. That's, that's how I resonate with it. Yeah. Well, and you can't, you can't, uh, I mean, I say you can't replicate those flavors because that's what people around the world have done with, you know, every style, really. Let's change the water profile to this so then it tastes like a Baltic porter, right? Yeah, totally. But you can't get those true flavors like what you guys are doing unless you are where you're at. People, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's a, the flavor of, like, you guys can, you and Black Project could do something however many thousands of miles apart. Yeah. Same process. It's going to taste completely different because of what's living in your local area. Yeah. And that's, yeah. and that, so, so two things to that, that, so the first thing is that, that's, that is what makes, I think, spontaneous fermentation so amazing. Yeah. Yep. And, um, and I, I, I had the privilege of being able to, to let some Belgians taste our goods, which they really enjoyed. And their, their take on it though was what we like about this is that you're not trying to make it tastes like ours. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. You know, and it, it is, it is, it's, it's its own thing, but yeah. I would get back to what you were saying about the, the, the farming, well, about apples, specifically apples and grapes. I mean, it, it, I guess there is something to be said too, really about grain, but I'll focus on the apples and the grapes, which is that really comes down to farming mm. and it really comes down to site selection and how the, how the plants are producing, um, how they're being stressed or not stressed, uh, what the soil is like. And, you know, farming is so much of an aspect of, uh, cider making or wine, wine making that, that really it's like, if, if you're not focused on the farming part, then you're, you're losing so, so much of the actual overall process. Sure. Yeah. Because like, essentially it's like, yes, anybody can just order juice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. right? You can just order juice. I mean, yeah. you fuck, you can just go down to the grocery store and just get apple juice. I mean, it's For not sure. going to make good cider, but yeah, I'm saying yeah. you can do that. Yeah. But it's like really when you take the time to say like, okay, I'm going to look at this hillside and it's like, where are the frost pockets? Like, where's the wind coming from? Where does the sun come up? Like during the seasons, how, how are these, um, how is this fruit or this, you know, this vine or this tree, how is it going to interact? And then what kind of varietals are going to work there? Like what's resistant to, to disease? What do I need to spray? And when I say spray, I don't mean like fungicide. I mean, yeah. what kinds of pro fungal and probiotic sprays? So like composting teas and like yogurt based uh, teas and things like, you know, different kinds of sugars that you spray on the trees to, to promote that kind of mi- sure. micro uh, bacterial and fungal growth. So that you're eliminating all the bad stuff. So yeah. you don't have to spray a bunch of fucking copper and sulfate and shit like that all over the trees. Yeah. So it's like the farming aspect is so important that if, 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 if that's not focused on, then it's like. Everything else just kind of goes out the window in a way. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and not yeah. completely, but. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so my brothers and I are planting, um, um, I think we have on order about 300 apple trees. Okay. And. I can't remember how many grapes. It's a lot of grapes. It, it, won't, it won't produce a lot, but it. Okay. it um, but it's a lot. Um, yeah. I think we'll end up producing. I think. Oh, I can't remember. Uh, but anyway, the whole orchard uh, will be about uh, two and a half acres. Wow. Okay. And um, planting will begin in the spring. How big is the property itself? Twenty-five acres. Okay. Nice. Um, do you guys have? Uh, do you have a tap room or anything like that at this point, or is it production? Yes, uh, but currently where we're planting is not where the tap room is. So, oh, gotcha. Um, okay. But the where where we have we have a tap room in um, in a small town called Sperryville. Okay. Um, and it's right at the base of the Shenandoah National Park. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's a it's a great little tap room. Sperryville is great because there's only about three hundred and like 50, 380 people really? in the town. Yeah. There are two breweries. Uh, there's a distillery. There's a wood-fired pizza kitchen. And there's a nine-hole, three-part gar- golf course there. No shit. Yeah, it's great. to go, man. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, no, it takes yeah. me like three minutes to walk to, to the brewery. Yeah. And then I live actually like just off of like the sixth hole. Okay. So I can just, I just usually play through. Yeah, um, no shit. <laughs> play your way to work. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, but it's also great because like you're, you're, you can take, um, the whole, the whole golf course is an ABC zone. Um, so you can take beer onto the golf course oh yeah while you're playing nice. which is great so in the summertime and the the owner um really like is very cool the owner plays barefoot so like i'll just go out in like shorts and you know a t-shirt and barefoot with like a bunch of beer yeah and just go play nine holes and it's fucking great dude that's awesome yeah that's the way it should be maybe totally. i would like i think i would like golf a lot more if i lived where you're at <laughs> <laughs> way more laid back yeah, yeah for sure like fuck i gotta wear a button-up shirt man oh, yeah jeez uh that's awesome, man. So, how did you get connected with uh, with these guys, with the wilderness guys? Um, I met them. So I met Jonathan at oh, uh, State of Origin. Okay, the, that's where um, that was a common thing with this group of people today. The, yeah, the Fanta Flora uh, mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, you know the the, I mean, craft beer is still a fairly small, quote unquote, small community. Sure, but especially like the, I guess like the kind of beer. Yeah, that we make is is very small, like mixed fermentation or spontaneous or doing fruited stuff. Um, yeah, and so um, yeah, I just met him through that, and um, and then yeah, just the series of festivals and you know events and and you know just kind of went from there. Yeah, yeah, um, they're always the life of the party, aren't they? That's that's what I always hear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then last night, I I don't know, like the last cool ship I was at. Um, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't up late enough, or maybe. But this one, they they turned it up, dude. They they were on it with the you guys singing the song spontaneous, dude. That <laughs> I told them they got to record that, man. Right. Like, I, yeah. and what was the? Oh yeah, uh, the, <laughs> the the ballad of Douglas Fir. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was fantastic. That so was just, pretty funny. Just a great group of people, though, right? Um, yeah. So when we were on our on our way up. Uh, you know, Luke and, and Anthony, this is their first cool ship. And I'm like, it's it's interesting because, I mean, you guys, some of you guys have met each other here and there through, like, festivals quick. Mm-hmm. But to actually all hang out, yeah. it's all different groups of people, but everybody just blended so well. Like, just a great group of people. Yeah, you know? no, totally. I mean, there's, um, there's it, it, it's, it is really nice. And it reminds me, actually, quite a bit of um, the friends that I've made over the years on the road playing music as well. Yeah. Um, the similarities kind of lie 
within this dynamic where you don't really see these people that often, yeah. but you connect with them yeah. on so many different levels. And so you end up seeing them like in Arizona or in Berlin yeah. or in, you know, Vancouver or, you know, or London or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> and then you'll see them for like two nights or a night yeah. or you'll play a show with them or yeah. you'll do an event or a festival. Then you won't see them again because everybody's traveling. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a, a, a very interesting way of like this, this, this friendship dynamic because yeah. it's like, Hey, what's up, dude? I haven't seen you in like three years. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. But you just kind of like roll like as if nothing has really has nothing has really changed. Like you yeah. could have seen that person like the night you, before. You, you, yeah. You, that's a really good point. Like buddies I grew up with, there's a couple that's still back in Ohio. It might be six years since I last saw him. And when I do, dude, you just pick up. It's not awkward. Like, Oh, so, uh, you know, it's like, dude, what's going on? Right. Man? Yeah, yes. That's cool. Yeah. Well, and I think it's at my, I think you have to have a certain mindset to do, to focus on these type of beers, right? Cause there's breweries that are, that are getting into that, that'll that do them. But it's like a small percentage of what they do, right? Yeah. There are other places that it's a huge part of what they do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So yeah. um, I think that you just have a different mindset. Um, and I think just naturally you just have a lot of things in common with those people. Yeah, you know? totally. Um, but, uh, well, dude, thanks for joining, man. I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, you were uh, you were the most uh, requested to get on here. Everyone's like, dude, you got to get Jennings on. You got to get Jennings <laughs> on. Yeah. And, uh, That's nice. Yeah. So, dude, I, I really appreciate oh, it. Oh, no, man. I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to. Yeah. Yeah, man, this is fucking awesome. Man. Absolutely, man. So, Penn Druid in Virginia. Yeah. Penn yeah. Druid in Virginia. And uh, can we find your beer out here in Arizona? In uh, a box on my, on my porch in a couple weeks? I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's possible. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, actually I just, I mean, I think it, we have been doing small amounts of it. It's not distribution, but like, uh, we've been getting like these, uh, um, independent like distributor license, uh, licenses in like Washington state and North Carolina. And, you know, basically we're able to ship. Okay. So maybe one day in Arizona. Sure. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks dude. I cool. appreciate it, man. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. So we're, we're we we've had some time to reflect on Camp Cool Ship yeah. number six. Gosh, I, three? I, no, it's definitely ten. not six. It's uh, I would go ahead and say eight, but that doesn't mean all of them have been Camp Cool Ships. Yeah, but you know this might be six Camp Cool Ships. Okay, okay. I, you know they're 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 hazy in my memory. <laughs> <laughs> this one was super memorable for one specific reason. Really, we knew what the fuck we were doing. Ah. <laughs> we we've learned a few things along the way, and it just it flowed well. Are you talking specifically about the breakfast burritos? Well, that I mean, that was genius. I don't think we knew what the fuck we were doing on those, do you? I burn a hole through the pan. <laughs> through the pan. I didn't say yeah. we knew everything. Stainless steel. That stainless steal pan. Yeah. Yeah. Burned a hole through it. Operational yeah. costs will happen out there. But like <laughs> think about how we how we got there and Chase like Chase didn't well one he didn't roll the truck off the side of the freeway, but there was no yeah. like sweating. The, the the past few have been really, really difficult to understand. Hauling ten thousand pounds. Sure. And yeah. on a, you know, think about the, the displacement of fluid. If you were to slosh Ten thousand pounds to the left. It wants to. It wants to go left. Nightmares about that. Yeah. I was actually yeah. looking at videos of tanker trucks that carry milk and uh, gasoline. Yeah, um, and how they have baffles inside of them so that when so, liquid swashes back and forth, it'll hit that like half wall and it stops. So consider like from. you see a milk truck, you're going to need something down the middle. So when it sloshes left or right, it doesn't just go all the way. It stops at the baffle. Uh, so we don't have these baffles, and sure. we're, we're like. Okay. Though All right. having two vessels acts as a natural baffle. Front, even if they're front and back? Yeah. So, ah. well, because they're going to slosh at different pace. Sure. Yeah. Right? So they're going to counterbalance each other a little bit versus one large, long vessel. This is shit that yeah. people don't think about. Right. But, that, yeah. but this yeah, but time we to. didn't have as yeah. much you know, uh, fear of that happening. I think the campsite um, was easier to get to. You know, we chose the ponderosas uh, around stoneman lake and why that I, why why for this one specifically did you guys choose stoneman it, well that, that's the interesting thing about camp cool ship is the emails go out to people from all over the i mean world at this point with, with larry coming in yeah. from norway and you kind of just try your best to isolate an area based on weather trends right okay we really want it to be in the low 40s um high 30s but below that would people want to be a part of that Above that, you're, you're talking about uh, 
bacteria and yeast that are a little too active. So okay, we we um, chose Stoneman Stoneman based on one. You saw how beautiful it was. Sure, you're yeah. 20 minutes away from huge vistas over Mormon Lake and all those things. But it was also almost a guarantee at that in November to be um, those those dry nights with cold air. Yeah. So you also get away from some of the shitheads. Um, yeah. which is like the big challenge that Can I realized. Can we define shitheads? Yes, we shitheads need to define are, shitheads. Well, I mean, I don't want to isolate groups of people, but yeah. you know who those people are, and they're throwing trash everywhere, and yeah. they're shouting, yeah, they're the shooting their guns off, and they're, you know, they just yeah. really don't give a shit about yeah. anyone around them. And so that's the hardest part, I've realized, with the size of this cool ship. Now it's a 14,000-pound trailer, so anyone with an RV can generally get to where we're going. Yeah. So you have to kind of know... Okay, what's an area that's accessible via that vehicle, but also not heavily populated? Sure. Um, but if you're camping at 35 degrees, people really don't generally want to do that. Yeah. yeah. So that's helpful. <laughs> yeah. But the one prior to that was in an area that there were RVs around, and you know we tried to isolate ourselves away a little bit because yeah. this is a special project, right? Sure. And, intervention into what we're doing isn't yeah. really what we're looking for. And, yeah. and and remember, people dedicated their times to us. We have world-class brewers and owners and head, you know, it just these great groups of people coming out, trusting us. Yeah. I mean, would you trust us? <laughs> I still try. don't. I still don't. <laughs> I'll get there. <laughs> we entertained the most on this cool ship. Yes. We, we curated for the group that came in uh, the most diverse experience you could possibly have. Who is your favorite person i think i know dave 100 percent. yeah uh when he was peeing on the side of the highway towards a backed up group of cars cool uh, i really enjoyed that I dave did. from Lairvig. dave from, from, okay. from norway yeah. dave the canadian so his nickname is handsome dave yeah. Yeah. don't ever look in his eyes you'll never come back <laughs> but he moved to to uh, norway to brew at Lervig, which is in stavanger and we got to go brew with them a couple of years back. It's dreary. It's like, uh, you know, a Seattle, Portland type. Yeah. Dreary coastal town. But Dave's his bright personality. Uh, man, he added a lot to it. And he's he's very logical. He, he's, you know, he's he's fun to be around, but he's very logical. And I liked that week with him. I actually thought you were going to say Jennings from Pendruid. Oh, yeah. Um, I've, I view Pe- Jennings and Patrick as very similar types of people. Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. I could see it. Of the earth. Um, Jennings is funny. I'm looking on Patrick's computer right now. Top of his laptop has you know some pretty good branding. And then there's Pendruids. Shitty brand. <laughs> and I just love them so much. I, they have five employees. They, yeah. They're in the band Pontiac. And Pontiac's obviously, to some, a very, you know, um, some people love them. To say the least, they have a pretty good fan base, and it's just funny. Like th- that brewery is kind of what we all wanted to do out of our garage. Just eh, let's hand draw something and just like have five employees, and they did that, and they're yeah. doing it well. And I, I noticed Pat and Jenny's connect. He stayed at your house, and you bouldered a little bit afterwards. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a climber. He has aspirations to up his game in that nice realm, but he's kind of a do it all individual and and they have a brotherhood. It's three brothers that run this farmhouse brewery. Right. They're also in a band together. Thank God they, they didn't call it together. three brothers. There's like brothers. 40 <laughs> three brother breweries. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was pretty fascinating to get to know him a little bit more. And he had kind of isolated himself from the group and taken a different approach to the cool ship itself where there were a handful of people that got completely hammered and stoned and slept in a van and, he was up in the morning, didn't drink too much, yeah. you know, and, and him and I were talking about some of these initiatives. If you want to uh, grow your mind athletically, physiologically, and spiritually, you may need to like buffer down some of the intake of what our industry provides. And I know that John's taken a step uh, away from drinking yeah, a little bit about to, yeah. to help that. And and it was fascinating because we, we were riffing off each other in that regard. Like we still really enjoy our craft and enjoy beverage, um, but to be able to advance in some of these levels, I mean, you do need to balance yourself out and you start stripping things away, Yeah, (laughs) stripping away certain things in your diet and certain things that you engage in. Um, And at times I think that also clears your mind to be a little bit sharper in focus, even when you are tasting product. Yeah, um, you're you're not hungover. You're right? hyper aware. You're hyper aware. Intuitive uh, to what's going on. Yeah. And when you step into a wilderness space, 
it does allow you to really appreciate that beauty and hear the subtlety and the sounds and you don't have any clouded judgment of what's going on. Um, so you can really engage in that activity. And at the end of the day, you, you have a few of those beers and that's where the don't fuck it up, uh, campaign came in for John and I, let's, let's make a, an easy beer that really well, we, works. We, we decided to think, think about be what you're drinking, you know, it, the, the, the idea, like, think about this anxiety. Think about the anxiety you can feel putting on something like Camp Cool Sugar, just anxiety getting on the highway or getting up in the morning. Sure. Anxiety generally comes from the fear of not knowing what's going to happen or understanding what's going to happen. And so I guess this Camp Cool Ship was unique for that reason. We had a group that we were able to talk deeper with. Yeah. Um, before <laughs> Evan Watson of Plan B passed out by the fire, um, <laughs> half, you know, a little disheveled, let's just say. Um, he's a guy that you can really open up to about these subjects, and he truly runs a farmhouse brewery. So does Penn Druid. But, I mean, he truly – you talk tractors with him, it's a four-hour conversation yeah. because he's so annoyed with the tractors he's purchased. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, all farmers actually talk about the shitty things that happen. But, you know, this group was a really special group. I've loved every single one for – every reason but this one just went with my current philosophies and pat's philosophies of let's slow things down and talk about hey the industry is different right now right let's talk about that every single one of us nick from true um you know nick someone i admire dearly i know you do patrick i know you, Eric, you do and i, yeah. I just he's feel always like, the sensei that you go to to get information before it happens uh, um because Denver is kind of ground zero yeah. for happenings in the industry. So if breweries are closing or Denver is shithead central, by yeah. the way, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've seen a few there. I get yeah. so mad when people talk about Phoenix. Like I'm like, yeah, go to go to the Rockies and look at all the shitheads and go, oh, you live in Denver. Yeah, you're from Denver. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That is true. Way to alienate. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Az rules. Uh, well, you know, I love Denver. I do love Denver, but I yeah. think what Nick, sorry to no, just no, what good. Nick, what, what guys like him were able to talk about is it, there is a need to come together and discuss the painstaking things that you see around you right now. And they are resulting in, in some breweries shutting down and, and losing sales. And this is what I think this is becoming, um, is more of a summit. You know, I think it's becoming more of a little fellowship, you know? Yeah. Um, it, this is becoming less of the show everyone what we're doing party that it might have looked like and been, and this was a lot of a lot of kumbaya, and there was a lot of like, yeah, you know, I, it, Highland Park Brewing Company was there, uh, completely opposite of well, Plan B or um, you know, some some of the breweries that like, Pendrew definitely in and Highland Park aren't exactly the same. Uh, free range and font of flora. The, the, there's, but Highland Park kind of, in some ways, sore thumbed it, but other ways got along so well. And I love that Highland Park can talk about their big release Saturdays and things that Fontefleur is never going to talk about. Yeah, they were able to be in the same room and and discuss the need to move on from just IPA, and how do we do that? Yeah, and and I thought that was there was, and I, I haven't got to hear this podcast, and I'm actually yeah. I cannot wait to hear because <laughs> yeah. th that group of people at that particular point of time, hopefully we can circle back hundred years from now and say, holy shit, they, those guys are battling a pretty big battle at that time. There's 7,000 breweries and a group of them got together in the woods and said, what's going on? Yeah. There's a lot of talk that night about that. What is going on? You know, the science of the beer and stuff um, kind of went second to, are you guys doing okay? And what what's the shit happening around you? What's the... You know what's the the industry talk in your area, and a lot of it was generally the same. The consumer, we overdid it. Everyone did. <laughs> the consumer fatigue is high, and so we need to be very pointed in our message. And I think there was a lot of understanding that night. Uh, everyone was on the same wavelength. You know that that yeah. that I will remember this one forever because of that. And four years ago when we did it. It felt like you could have put anything out. You could have pissed in a bottle and been like, yeah. line up, and, and it could have worked. But now it, everyone had that edge. If you know, I don't know if you guys noticed that, but there was that edge of like, we got to focus. Lay of focus time. Yeah. And, and that was, I think, the mark of this one. Um, well, when you have uh, imminent success and exponential growth, there is a complacency element that happens. And that's yeah. natural for 
some. And when that buffers down, then you strap the boots on and say, okay, yeah. let's let's dial this in and let's look at that true north vision. And that's where cool shit for John and I is an element of philosophically we are moving this direction and this is a core of who we are. So let's almost expand this idea out and extrapolate it into the future of what we want to do personally and with wilderness. Yeah. So those initiatives, it's more about that than saying, Hey, we have this little hyper cool club beer that you're going to be able to try in two years in a, in a secret room. It's not really (laughs) about that. Um, it's a little bit more about the idea and exposing that idea to people and, and letting them know how passionate we are about It, it. Again, we've talked about this. You and I have talked about this personally, Eric. But it, it it's never intended to not invite Arizona brewers because we're elite. It's literally we really like to show people out of state Arizona. We love doing that. That's our intended goal. Um, it was really cool. Dark sky. Ryan stopped out. And yeah. Maybe next time we do, you know, everyone should stop out. Kind of thing. It should be part of that. This is, this is a, this one was very important to me for a, a plethora of reasons. But number one, it was a pulse. Of a very strange looking industry right now. That's yeah. that's we had saison brewers and sour brewers. We had mead maker, you know, Plan, plan B's got mead under his belt. We had Free Range who is upholding, you know, I, I Free Range is in Charlotte, another fast growing city, upholding these values in, in Fontaflor and the kind of the country outside of Asheville. Um, and, and it's it, black projects got the Denver sour thing. What's going to happen there? Yeah. So many sour breweries open it. It just, it just, it was a really, really, really cool experience for me to look around and say, okay, these guys are going to be how we get out of this. Yeah. These people are going to be how we move forward from this and how we can tell a customer that we still care. We still give a fuck about what we're making. Yeah. And that was, that's it. And I think the two rules that have never changed, by the way, also never changed. Um, number one, we got back within three days. It did spontaneously start to ferment, so that's good. Okay. Number yeah. two, there were <laughs> lost souls who didn't find their sleeping bag or a sleeping pad and still slept out in the cold and almost died. Yeah. That is a 100% <laughs> both of those things that happened every single time. Every Even single- though this one, I swear, it, I wish I could read the email chains out loud of like, here... Here's the, oh, there's so much information. So much info, and then and then on the the truck ride up, it's like, see that stack of blankets. We're gonna well, set up they tents together. Yeah, they, yeah, we're gonna no, set up tents did. together and unload, so you guys are physically touching <laughs> sleeping bags, and you can see that we have one for everyone. And there still are two to three people who wake up purple in the morning. Yeah. I didn't know it'd get cold in Arizona. <laughs> well, the greatest moment was the guys shivering. Yeah. I slept in the van. It was the worst night of my life. Yeah, yeah, literally and verbatim. The worst, yeah. the worst night of my life. Who who went over to the back of the van? Opened up the back of the van and said, "You mean this van?" Four <laughs> feet behind him, he had blankets, saddle blankets sitting <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so that's cool that those two things are never going to change. Yeah. But the, the the beer, the beer coming back and spontaneous fermenting, um, it's just it's funny. It's just like. You know, when we first got into that, it, the magic and mystery of it was so inspiring. And I'll never forget going to bit, visit Cantillon. And you get the sense from John, like, this is business. I don't actually talk beer. You know, yeah. you really, the science is whatever. Yeah. And now I get that more than ever. Like, we're talking about Cam Coolship like it was a fucking opera, right? Yeah. But really, we're there to ferment beer. And it did. And it's it's, it's going. And it, it's, yeah. I, I'm starting to understand those, you know... The secrets and the methods and studying books on saying, like, yeah, yeah, I get that. I really like the science behind it too. But yeah. it, 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 I think brewing has proved that it's just an operational thing, and we're yeah. trying to bring some fun to it. And, and sure. it's good that that happened. And the beer's going in uh, French Oak now. And well, it's let's be real, brewing can be pretty boring, right? Go back five years ago, and I swear to God, <laughs> everyone saw a <laughs> saw a you know <laughs> a guitar in every. Every head brewer's hand, like, look at that rock star. Yeah. And and now if now you fast forward, you can't get head brewers to be what they were then. Yeah. Head brewers now are a different monster. They are. They're they're multidimensional. They get a lot more freedoms and you know, you're just not getting someone to come in on a factory level in the craft. Well the beer. the industry's yeah. matured. It's matured. And, and there's skilled technicians involved and these are careers now. Yeah. yeah. They're not just jobs that are to look cool. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. a very, very specific group of people that are very good at what they do and that's part of what the industry we're so lucky to have that now we have seven thousand breweries and a lot of them make really great beer yeah so 
from a consumer standpoint, I get that. Like, wow, we have so many great choices and now it's spreading around more. So why would there be lines? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. There doesn't need to, that doesn't need to exist anymore. Yeah. So I think the same thing with like, you know, like a, an IPA from Treehouse or something like yeah. that. Right. Like it's by the time it gets from there to here, it's not going to taste how I want it to it taste. It reminds me of baseball trading cards, man. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like the idea of holding, you know, Michael Jordan rookie card back in the day or whatever. Yeah. I just holding that. It meant so much, right? You remember that feeling? Sure. Oh yeah. The yeah. value said it was said to be something in Beckett. You know the yeah. The tree, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. It, and it, it's like wow, what it was cardboard with a photo on it. That's all well, it was. Yeah. yeah. We did the same thing, right? Where some of the packaging techniques became so coveted. You, you were waxing it. things, you, admit and it. you yeah. had boxes and these little secret chambers, and it was yeah. like, yeah, it was this hologram, and it came, it had this super special case, and it was really big, yeah, you know, and you never touched it, right? Really yeah, hard. yeah. yeah. <laughs> and your mom, your mom wonders why the hell she still has it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're approaching forty, get this stupid well, thing out. Like, I don't want it. I don't yeah. want. I'm not twelve anymore. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, we, yeah. we it, again, circling back, it was like a lot of people in that in the woods that night. Uh, got to take a breather. None of them didn't, ha- n- not one did not have this sentiment, this story of like, yeah, things are different. Yeah. Um, every single market is a lot different than it was. And getting visitors now, again, you're talking to millions of people who are fatigued. And the millennials are clearly acting differently. Uh, as the baby boomers did, the millennials are clearly acting differently. They're not just going and buying everything because it's cool. Everyone's making different decisions. So it's conscious consumption. Conscious consumption. We have to be really intelligent. Which which I applaud. I think that's a very healthy, positive thing for the world. Yeah, we're buying in. We're we're talking about um, our new, you know, I guess flagship, our heart theme, flagship beer. Don't fuck it up, and and it's. We feel like brewing's always been about passion. So now that the industry has responded in a certain way, we're actually falling in line with that. Why fight that? We don't sure. want you to have to line up at our place. We just don't want nine yeah. percent beers every single other you know, we we like that idea, so don't fuck it up. It's gonna be about a lifestyle beer, be what you drink, you know. Sure. Be be the person who doesn't fuck it up and be the wilderness lover. And our beer is something that you can um enjoy while not fucking it up. Right. And, and this is all, again, just that night was kind of representing a really good end to, I think it was kind of a funeral in some ways for the old ways and, mm. and yeah. kind of moving forward into the, the gateway of conscious consumption and conscious ownership. You know, there's a lot of us boondoggled quite a bit and just showed up and had fun. And, and uh, they got a lot of purpose from my feedback that, that this wasn't just a waste of time. There's a lot of spiritual connection out there. So nice. I felt good about it. What did you think? Well, the, w- one thing that impresses me is is uh, with these cool ships, this is the second one I've been to, is it's not just like, hey, somebody send a representative of your brewery. Okay, here's our social media marketer. It's like, no, it's the ownership. It's the it's the people that – the decision makers, the ones that have the stake in it. Yeah. So that's that's what really – uh, impresses me with the groups of people that you, that you have. And, and not only just, it's not just a random group of people. It's, it's people that are very conscious and it's people that are very well known. I mean, people know who Fontaflora is. They, they know Penn Druid, you know, so these are for me, uh, in a selfish kind of way, I get stoked because I'm like, dude, I'm gonna have these guys on my fucking podcast. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and but, they all, they all gave you a great interview cause they absolutely well, in a great I mean, they're yeah. thought leaders. Yeah. In, yep. Specifically in like farmhouse brewing segment. Yeah. Kent, well, Kent really Falls. You know, I'm just thinking about Barry, Kent Falls, and just he can come off as such a goofball like we can. But man, you uh, you get him in a serious conversation and you start taking notes like, wow, that that, yeah. that guy really understands it. And, and, you know, if you sign up for a farmhouse brewery, you're signing up for pain and anguish. Sure. Oh, as yeah. Elon Musk famously said, running a business is like, Chewing on glass while staring into a deep oblivion, and I think you take that, you take that, endless abyss, and you take that, and you add farmhouse brewing. Sure, yeah, holy shit! And well, I, I love that farmhouse brewing also caught a trend, right? So then you yeah. have that, and, and Barry, and and Evan, and all those, you know, true. I mean, Fontaflor now a true well, farmhouse true, brewery. True is kind of proven and debunking the idea that. Mixed culture beer has to be coveted and only twenty dollars a bottle. Yeah, that's right? true. I mean, Four you packs. go to their tap You brought tap their room cans back that we made with yeah. them. And it's like it's yeah. a wonderful beer. It's simple and so elegant. Good. And yeah. that when I say like, oh, what's coming? What's what's this mar- industry look like? 
and I go to their place in Denver. I'm like, it's 16 bucks for a mixed culture fermentation four pack of beer. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's unique, but it makes sense. It's kind of like the, the lager resurgence, right? Yeah. We all have now said, okay, we not just put a tank here, put a tank here, fill it up, sell it, fill it up, sell it. It's like, okay, that's slowed down. Now we have capacity. We can slow down a little bit. Let's make a lager. Yeah. We have six, eight weeks. We can make a beer in that yeah. time frame and not just reduce our production capacity mm-hmm. completely. So it's the same thing, I think, on that side where we've done the same thing. We have in the Woodnote cellar, we have these 40-barrel tanks, and we had a couple of them, you know, they sat five, six months. They had a really unique, beautiful Brett character. And we put them on tap, and they're not exponentially expensive at all. Wilson's Wit. Yeah. yeah. Um, carrot de Garde. The Carrot de Garde. Yeah. yeah. Got um, local carrots and made a really, really nice orange, um, nice, slightly tart. I mean, it's tart, but, you know, those are things that we, we, we're very fortunate to have this space, the Woodnote Cellar, yeah. to do those things. And we noticed a lot of the breweries who were successful had that space. Yep. And we have the production side that's cranking, you know, but... Yeah, I think that that's the the future is you should have a cheap space and you should have, you should keep yeah. these things going these sour projects and things they they we we all learn how to do them we well, they're thinking beers they're think right? they're, they're, they're and I even noticed yeah. that through some of the rating people are it's tart but not really but I don't know yeah uh, but <laughs> it's a you know, yeah yeah I like I like when people have an internal struggle over t- a sip of beer I love that like I don't know if I should live anymore this is so <laughs> yeah. complicated yeah complicated. and then cool guy comes along and it's like not as good as the other hazies oh, the man. Man. <laughs> where's the confidence yeah. bro there's the yeah. shithead there's the shithead no yeah. no we didn't say that <laughs> that, that was me I, I'll take responsibility for that one yeah uh, but no man just a great group of people one person that really uh, really blew me away was Evan uh, Evan yeah. Watson from Plan B and uh, one of the greatest dudes dude is in history. awesome uh, it, we, him and I were talking and somehow we got on the the He's like, oh, yeah, I went to college in Ohio. I'm like, oh, no shit, where at? He's like, oh, Worcester. I'm like, no way, I went I grew, to Walsh. I grew up in Ashland. Right there. And so he, I didn't know this until yeah. a year ago. Imagine that. I was like, yeah. I grew up 20 minutes from where you went to college. And he's like, my wife's from there. Yeah. Here I had this you know, connectivity to them. We knew a lot of the similar people. Yeah. Uh, that's Evan though in a nutshell yeah. like, well dude and he I'm totally played yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like what position you play I'm like defensive and he's like me too that's hell yeah. that's cool yeah, we were gonna we were gonna do some hitting drills but I'm like dude I'm 41 I don't need to be doing that shit <laughs> right but, yeah and Evan farmhouse brewer guy yeah fuck that man yeah uh, so With, and he's a ginger he's know? yeah well dude he so he played so I asked him you know the story of of you know basically his story and he's talking about like his music and he's yeah. like oh yeah you know I had a record deal and you know this and that and then he just kind of brushes it to the side Google, and then you guys Google Evan Watson and kind of get yeah. that yeah well then we started then you guys started playing and you guys t- came up with Spontaneous this the song yeah. that was ironically spontaneous yeah. and created during a spontaneous <laughs> uh, but it was a great like you gotta be so smart to hang out with us <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was pretty uh, catchy <laughs> it was it was really yeah. catchy yeah um, and then they brought the skull bones thing that the yeah. that Nick from True found. Yeah, I, I've had I a mean, weird fungal. Uh, the metal material. guy being the metal yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. yeah. Uh, I love when Nick gets into it. That's because some people have t- taken Nick as like quiet background. Like he's incredibly, uh, he knows what's going on. You yeah. know, and, yeah, but he I, was my first guest, and he was uh, he was uh, he was kind of talking shit about the podcast because I'm I'm sure they have so many beer podcast in denver yep. of dudes that just want to tell you what's wrong with your beer and like brag because they got this beer yeah and so i basically told him right away i'm like dude that's not what i'm about and yeah. and then i said something about the picnic tables in his brewery he's like they're not picnic tables dude those are you know he he, he talks because those tables are badass but i called them picnic tables on accident yeah. uh and he was very specific no dude these are medieval whatever those huge heavy tables i'm like all right dude we're even you you laughed at me being a podcaster i made fun of your tables a little bit uh, there you go. Uh, but all great people, man. And, and uh, the acid temple. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jennings was a dude that everybody kept saying, "Dude, get him on the mic." And I didn't get him on until the next morning. Yeah. So because he was out, kind of doing, kind of exploring, yeah. and and uh, but once I got him on the mic, uh, my editor Chris, when he was listening, he's like, "Dude, that Jennings guy was like yeah, right? another level." Yeah. Um, but no, man, great, great group of people. So we always and again, him. we appreciate you not just telling the story. I mean, it's great to get some, you know. 
whatever advertising and PR, but it's like this is a time capsule of something I think super important, not only to beer, but the state of Arizona has an identity crisis that's very similar to craft beer. It's like, what is the state going to do? Sure. Yeah. When we go into 10 and 11 million people and a lot of the people don't live here full time, a lot of the needs, you know, you mentioned Highway 300 and, and Stoneman Lake where we're at. A lot of the needs are, I think, unnecessary to widen roads and to add features. And it's like, I don't want to be part of that as much. Like 100,000 people moved in last year. It's like, oh, Gilbert's, you know, the fastest growing city in America. Yeah, all this stuff yeah. is like craft beer. Um, what are we going to do? What, what's sure. the identity? And, and um, I don't know. It's just, it, it, you know, again, I just point back to that, that kind of time capsule thing is I, I appreciate that people can listen to this yeah. tomorrow or a hundred years from now and go, Oh wow. That's what they were doing. I mean, there's some really, really insightful people on this podcast every time. Yeah. Absolutely. And, but this particular time, I think it was just like, uh, Hey, 15 breweries shut down in Colorado. Yeah. What's that been like? Yeah. Um, what's farmhouse brewing in, in, at Kent Falls and in Connecticut and things like that. And, and, uh, they all have their battles, but it, it, Pat brought it up. It's maturing. It's maturity. Yeah. I think some of the things that we were winning on just weren't reliable. They just weren't, um, the expectations to keep that up is ridiculous to constantly be a line brewery like that and expect that everyone's going to not change their, their, their philosophies on yeah. flavor. So yeah, it was a good, a good, uh, I think, just everything about it, I, I loved. I really did. I I can't find fault in. I I was warm. Yeah, I was warm. <laughs> Luke was a little bit cold. Luke. I was. Oh no. <laughs> he came middle of the night. <laughs> Producer guy, you know, is thinking about the podcast and setting up, and yeah. he doesn't take care of himself. <laughs> in the middle of the night, he knocked on the door. I'm yeah, sleeping yeah. in my yeah. enclave. He's like, "Dude, I think I'm dying out here." Well, oh, I think I think places like REI, you know, they they love that story. They're like, yeah. "Oh, you went on, and fucked it up." Well, you know, let's sell you the zero degree bag. Well, and everyone has that story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone has. John that story. and I's first backpack. I fucked it up. Yeah. I didn't even bring sleeping bag. And it was oh, like, yeah. yeah. I think it was uh, 40. It was 40 it, that it, night. But it was June. That's the funny thing. Yeah. It was June on West Clear Creek and just one of those sections of West Clear that doesn't see sun even in the summertime. And he's like, it's hot in the daytime. He, yeah. He's got a, I think we've told the story in here before. It's always worth repeating because he's got a six pack of low fills from Santan where he worked at the time. Yeah. A small, tiny backpack, day pack, and those Tiva shoes with five. You never really worn them. Yeah, and like it's five boulder hopping. Yeah, we're doing boulder <laughs> hopping the whole we time. We get there, and he's like, okay, it's getting chilly. And I get we're my wet. sleeping yeah, bag and tent. We're wet, and my buddy gets in the sleeping bag and tent, and he's like, uh, you guys brought that stuff? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he, I mean, think about that. Everyone, everyone does that. That's, yeah. That's the Arizona wilderness way. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a state that makes you bleed to see its beauty. And I'll never stop loving that side of it. I, I, I think some people got every single time the feedback is, holy shit, Arizona is better than I thought or different than I thought in yeah. a great way. And the, the next day, for instance, we went to Page Spring Cellars. And we yeah, we hit Sedona, there. then Page Spring Cellars. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they truly got the full. I was gonna say to really take it home though. That's yep. that's a good trip. Yeah, yeah. We, and, uh, Century Grand. They got the train. We, car we did Century Grand. Yeah. We we rented out the car, and you know, good for them. That was yeah. one experience. Century Grand is. Yeah, uh, I, I throw up. I've heard about it. Like I would just be like, Ooh, like the motion. There's of a the, chance of that. They, yeah. Luckily, <laughs> most of the place isn't that. It's not all just that. There's okay. one little section, but. Yeah. I mean, I think, come on, being a little tour guide for a bunch of great brewers to come in is what it's all about. And this was a home run. This was a home run. Nice, man. So thanks again for doing what you guys do. It's it's a tough one, man. I, yeah. I hate coming out yeah. drinking with you guys. And, hey, I have <laughs> I know I know it's competition, but I don't give a shit. Uh um Brewing Network's gonna come out. Oh, no they've, shit. They've contacted. Wow. And I think you guys meeting would be cool. Absolutely. Justin from you, the see, you view me as competition for them? Well, that's I mean, a, okay. That's a, that's a, it's like, like you that. saying, hey, <laughs> right, there you go. There you go. Justin, if you're not listening. You need to be, Justin. No, I, it just, it's cool for you guys. I mean, I, 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 we, we got a lot out of the Brewing Network, and he's, he, he's contact, he contacted us saying he's on a road trip. I was like, I want Eric to meet Justin, because Justin oh, yeah. is the real deal. Started in a garage in 2006. He would just go to get breweries to come on. 
From that, he's probably opened 5,000 breweries himself. I'm not embellishing that. How much information he put out there. Really? Because what you're doing is you're coming in a great time to, to revitalize the industry, yeah. uh, to inform customers that they didn't know that there's actual things going on. Like you were saying earlier, grain is part of it. But yeah. what he was doing was, what is beer? And like he was creating the baseball card. Yeah. He was creating the... The, the the tangible thing to, to, to say, oh, I like that brewery better than that brewery because... It, of, yeah, it was like a homebrew podcast yeah. that kind of evolved into like commercial brewing information as well. Yeah. So everyone's sitting there listening, like writing down, oh, 14% Vienna malt. Okay, yeah. <laughs> mashed at this temperature. Cool. Yeah. That's going to give this flavor? Great. And it, but yeah. he's, you know, him coming out all these years later, I, I'd love to hear what he's struggling with because there is... That's just not there anymore. Sure. You know? Yeah. So he'll come on in April, I believe. Yeah. To... Well, dude, connect me. Yeah. I'm, all, I'm always down for anybody you guys want to connect me cool. with. So, cool. uh, to the next one, right? Yeah. Camp Cool Ship. Yeah, November. that's going to be November 2020. Nice. Um, we have a major announcement to make from Wilderness. We'll do that later. Cool. Uh, cool. But we will not be having one you know, this spring because that that major happening. So awesome. We will we'll be doing. It's other things this i'm gonna turn story. the recorder off now what was it what is the major announcement just kidding <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll tell you in, in spring training we don't tell them no shit. Yeah. it's coming out here this yeah, year getting yeah. run over by cub fans <laughs> yeah. uh shit well oh, guys you know what it, yeah it's does anyone know i don't follow the nfl is the are the packers still in yeah yeah oh shit we got to get Valdir. like if he goes to the super bowl we got to call Valdir because he got signed after your podcast, they called him. And because said, of my podcast? Because <laughs> they, they said, holy shit. Dude. Holy. <laughs> he got signed out of retirement, and Belichick gave him his retirement. Yeah. You know, like some coaches say, no, you got to say, say, go ahead. Uh, you can go on the waivers. And he got signed by the Packers, too. No shit. Because their left tackle went down. Okay. And so he's like, I, we have a chance to go all the way with this thing. So that'd be yeah. kind of fun. To Is get he starting that. for them? He's starting in that in that position no shit yeah. dude they're you lucky know you guys dude. are gonna have yeah. to like cut this out if they're out yeah wow <laughs> no one's over, ever I'll made it of, of the zero the listeners Bengals. who made it this far oh <laughs> uh, shit yeah. dude that's awesome yeah that is very cool yep. so uh well anything else anything else you guys want to add to this uh Stuff coming up, uh, just people don't fuck it up, right? Arizona Craft Beer Weeks in a month. We just had a meeting about all the great, you know, projects we're working on. Yeah, I've got um, some cool ones. Um, one's a jaguar conservation project. Another is a project with the Desert Botanical Gardens. Um, so you know, just some unique things that they're out there. That yeah, we, the, we'll ha- we'll still have some of the hypey beers. So yeah. you know, yeah. Dreamsicle and yeah. Presidential and Hell yeah, all with their own ingredients. So we will not be bending out. bending that rule. And the Jaguar beer just has because it sounds strange. We we historically have Jaguar coming in from the Sierra Madre and going back down. Um, we eliminated them, and then one made it in named El Jefe, dubbed El Jefe, and from that it spawned conservation. And we found out that farmers and ranchers were killing the jaguar. Because, one, they're gruesome when they kill. Sure. They they, they get the back of your neck. Yeah. Ah, really? So they but eat you while you're still. They, they can eat a lot more than mountain lion. And they go, <laughs> that needs a whole new episode yeah. of Pat's description but long of story a short, jaguar kill. The, the program is to pay the ranchers to get photography from so them. They, so trail clamp, cams on their property. Yeah. Um, and every shot that happens. And money. so this is this is a program to picture. to keep that going, because um, you know as weird as it is that we have jaguars, we do see the value of getting our habitat back to its natural ecosystem. Another reason why the wall would have been so fucking detrimental is is southern Arizona is a resource beyond belief. And if you study just a little bit for one second, get on Wikipedia, just start to read about Southern Arizona, what it means to our ecosystem, to hummingbirds, to, you know, the the San Pedro River that's dry now, or, go, you know, all those things are so important. And so this project's with, for the Jaguar, um, it's going to be with Tap and Bottle, which is always awesome. Oh, nice. They're the Tucson, yeah. and XO, XO Coffee, Coffee. Yeah. their neighbor there in Tucson. Nice. But it's it's one of those projects that we th- we see going forward is we want to take the time on things that we care about still yeah. we don't want to stop doing that and and not always been the way of high sales and sometimes these stories are important they, they are and i know it's strange to bring jaguars back in the state but yeah. they they look we 
Well, I mean, apex predators are really cool. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Google jaguar kill. It's awesome. They go for the lungs. They eat yeah. the lungs. It's awesome. And if you follow Nature Is Metal on Instagram, oh yeah, you're yep. gonna be a fan of this yep. beer. Yeah, yeah. I'm Plus, it has uh, chiltepins in it. So uh, that's it, the other. The US that's the other only side. Indigenous pepper, and it's hot as fuck. So it's that's the other side of this project. Is it's also refugees hired to pick chiltepins as a job because they're so intensive. Yeah. Um, and we, we, this whole project's incredible. It's like, can you even tell the story in one beer? So we have a lot of those stories coming up. A lot of those projects and we have Stoic Cider. We went up there and made a beer with them. Nice. I got to get up there, man. I've, I've, I've seen some of the stuff and yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. they're, they're, they're in it for cider. They're not in it for anything else. I, I, I think they look around and go, how do, is this a business thing? Like, yeah. how do we do this? But <laughs> yeah. they're awesome. Uh, salty other people. So a lot of cool projects. We're going to keep doing what we do well and caring oh, yeah. about being passionate about our endeavors. So nice. yeah. and maybe one day we'll have like a camp cool ship site. Like a site, like a website? No. We're talking about <laughs> like maybe Wilderness a... has a plot of land one day that uh, we go to every time with a, you know, maybe yeah. a cabin on it. Nice. Yeah. That would be. I'm supporting that. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> How much money do you have? <laughs> well, I... if you build it, they will come. Man, just gotta invite the public and have everyone turn around. Cool ship. I mean, yeah. There it I, is. I need a bigger grill. Yeah. To grill more burgers. <laughs> yeah, so. You had like a, a four inch by a ten inch thing. You're trying to. Yeah, camp stove <laughs> and like thirty burgers. Yeah. Yeah. Not... yeah. They were such good burgers. They you were amazing it. burgers. Up. Yeah, yeah, you are, cool. yeah. You are the executive chef out there. Yeah. Just need that uh, propane outdoor flat top, you know, four or five burners. Yeah. If Justice hears this, like, we need to get on that. Justice will not be listening to this. No. <laughs> he doesn't, he's not a podcast guy. You know what's going to make it this far. No. <laughs> All right, guys, let's wrap it up. I know you guys got shit to do, uh, as always. Cheers, gents. Great having you guys on the mic. Absolutely. Guys, thanks so much. Like I said, make sure you follow Arizona Wilderness. So you can keep tabs on when the, the next cool ship events are coming up. Uh, just a really, really cool group of people. Uh, some of the best beer that, you, that you'll ever have. So go to somewhere. I don't know where I was going with that. So uh, follow Arizona Wilderness. And I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Go out get the Arizona Beer Book on the website at thearizonabeerbook.com. Find us at Strong Beer Fest. We will be there having a good time um, and all of that kind of stuff. Hopped Up Network. It is a network of independent craft beer podcast. So go find your new next favorite, second favorite podcast about beer at thehoppedupnetwork.com. I, uh, I'm struggling with this outro, so thanks for hanging in there with me if you are still hanging out. Uh, you in particular, right now, if you're listening to it, you stay awesome. De la negra Tomasa Y cuando se va de casa Triste me pongo Estoy tan enamorado De mi negra preciosa Y cuando se va de casa Triste me